Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, MPSL soccer fans. This is the 2022 MPSL soccer show season here on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show as we get ready for the championship match over at Montclair State University at the soccer stadium over on the campus of Montclair State University in Montclair, New Jersey. FC Motown will be taking on Crossfire Redmond, and this should be an exciting final. You can watch it live on the NPSL website and anywhere else that the stream will be broadcasted on. Just check the NPSL website at npsl.com, and it should be a lot of fun. What an amazing season it has been so far for the NPSL. Uh, a lot of excitement, a lot of entertainment, a lot of great matches, big playoff matches. We already know about certain situations involving some of these teams qualifying for the U.S. Open Cup in the opening round. Of course, more will be announced uh, later on towards the back end of this season or around January before we get to that opening round draw that will be uh, out there by U.S. Soccer to find out who will face whom in the lower levels of American soccer, especially in the national leagues of NPSL and USL League 2. So this should be a lot of fun. You know, um, normally I would have tons of shows going on with the NPSL during the season, of course, uh, basically surviving uh, my current uh, situation, healing up nicely with uh, the injuries that I uh, received through uh, an infection, very bad infection I had to go through, obviously, but, you know, it's it's uh, getting a lot better, and hopefully for next season, things will be back to normal for me and for my coverage of the National Premier Soccer League. So I just want to tell everyone Thank you for your patience from, with me this season, and I appreciate everything that everyone has done uh, to listen to my shows as we get ready to finish off this regular season here on the MPSL Soccer Show and the 2022 MPSL regular season and the playoffs. Everything has been solid. Everything is going very well and cannot wait for this season to be wrapped up in a bow and we are going to crown a brand new champion of course last season it was Denton Diablos now we have FC Motown getting a second bite of the apple this time instead of it being at Drew University it will be at Montclair State University and Crossfire Redmond all the way in California. 
coming over to try and upset FC Motown the same way, the same way that Miami FC did several years ago. And, of course, I was able to get to Drew University to watch that final and being there live, and it was spectacular. It was fantastic, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching it, and it was a a great moment to see, well, of course, personally, several former New York Red Bull players being a part of this NPSL uh, final championship with a bunch of solid players, obviously, and now we're going to find out what's going to happen, how it's going to happen, and where this title will be handed to in the 2022 season. Of course, we already know about an expansion side coming to Annapolis, Maryland, under both. <laughs> I apologize, just forgot, of course, the other uh, co owner of this, uh, of course, former RSL player. Um, will be a part of this. So it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we will see what will happen here with these teams moving forward and going on. You know, the NPSL, just for me, I want to share with everyone here about, um, I would say, being a part of, of these shows with the National Premier Soccer League clubs that are involved. I've enjoyed my time being partnered with the MPSL. You know, Gary Moody does a fabulous job with uh, as a communications director for the league to help me get the guests that I need to help them broadcast these shows and to dedicate my time to the MPSL. The players, the coaches, the general managers – and some of the owners, I, I, you know, when, when you have a solid working relationship with some of these owners uh, of these MPSL clubs, like Giovanni Telefioria from uh, Ferrara, excuse me, from Central Florida Panthers, Damon Gochner, of course, uh, Denton Diablos, uh, Andrew Wildgus, Atlantic City FC, Sonny D'Alessandro, who will be on the show tonight, uh, Tulsa Athletic. And, and so on and so on, um, you know, it, it's been absolutely a fantastic feeling for me to be a part of this league. And I've enjoyed this partnership very much so. I've enjoyed being with this league. I enjoy being with these people who are not only trying to be a part of their communities, through the game of soccer in the United States, but the feeling of how they care about the game in this country and how they love being a part of this league. And, of course, let's not forget J.J. Vela, Laredo Heat in Texas, Laredo, Texas as well. You know, all these teams, all of these teams that have been making this league strong. We all know some of the clubs that have left to join a professional level uh, for themselves, wanting to be in the professional uh, levels in in, third division, second division, 
Obviously, Detroit City was a part of the NPSL. Nashville SC was part of the NPSL at one time. And Chattanooga FC was a part of this league at one time. But, you know, I have to say it's been wonderful to be with these people that do care about the sport in this country and always want to be um, number one in their hearts and in their minds. 93 clubs will be next season as we are at 92. 93 clubs starting with Annapolis uh, Soccer in 2023 will make it 93 clubs, but we'll have to wait and see if there's still going to be some clubs remaining here in the NPSL or We'll have another add-on here and there. We'll have to wait and see if there are other expansion cities coming in or at least expansion teams coming in. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's been, it's been, you know, a joy, an absolute joy to be a part of this. And it's also been a joy to discuss their love of the game and the love of their club and to be part of the region that they're in. So um, all I can really say is, is that I, you know, I'd, I'd love to continue the partnership with these clubs, with the league. I've been enjoying myself very much. And once again, I, I just think that, you know, when you talk to these clubs that are, below the professional levels and the professional divisions of American soccer, you can gain a sense of how much that they care, how much they wish to represent not just themselves, not just their communities that they're being a part of, but at the same time, being a part of this league and trying to fly the flag of the MPSL, whether it be league play or in open cup play and even in their playoffs. So it's just been fun to watch. And it's been a joy, as I've said many, many times already, to go out And find a way to help them discuss, to help them discuss everything going on, and just happy to be a part of this. And all I can say is, is that I want to continue this partnership. I want to continue uh, discussing the MPSL, and once again, we'll get ready for all of it next season when the league gets back uh, into the swing of things and, of course, the Open Cup, and we'll have to wait and see what will happen uh, in 2023. And if anything new, anything new moving on, moving forward to see what will happen with this final and it should be a lot of fun it should be a lot of fun it should be exciting 
And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for this to uh, continue on, and we're going to have some fun. So get ready for this. Get ready to have some fun. Get ready to sit down and enjoy, enjoy this season finale that will be at Montclair State University as FC Motown will host Crossfire Redmond, uh, Crossfire Premier as their MPSL team is getting ready for a championship final and a championship fight to take on FC Motown, who are no slouches, no slouches whatsoever to go out and find a way to get themselves a cha- uh, excuse me a championship title as we get ready for this one we all know they had their opportunity several years ago against Miami FC FC Motown and now here is their opportunity to try and get another opportunity to win that title moving forward it's going to be exciting it's going to be a lot of fun and all you need to know all you need to know is that if this is going to be an exciting time and it's going to be a lot of fun so get ready folks get ready for this one Get ready. We are ready to go. Ready to attack. Ready to have some fun as we get ready for this championship final. Coming in with the NPSL Soccer Show. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I personally cannot wait for that to happen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we got a jam-packed show for you tonight as we get ready for this championship final preview show. We have the top two clubs ready to go for this championship final. That will be played this Saturday night at 7 o'clock, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Once again, you can watch it live on the stream on the MPSL website as we get ready for FC Motown hosting Crossfire Redmond of Crossfire Premier all the way out in California. So as we get ready to chat, get ready to go, here it is, the NPSL final as FC Motown hosts Crossfire Redmond. My first guest will be the head coach of Crossfire Premier, Crossfire Redmond. It is Bill Colello uh, joining me tonight and uh, currently uh, not on the show at the moment. And uh, we're just going to uh, wait for him to uh, come on the program as we get ready for this. And, you know, as we look back, as we look back to their schedule in the playoffs, uh, after their last regular season match uh, was over uh, between International Portland Select, and that was a scoreless draw, 
It was their first matchup in the regionals. And a 3-2 victory for Crossfire. Very hotly contested matchup. And then in their next match in the regional finals, it was, of course, Crossfire Redmond with a 4-0 victory over FC Arizona. And then next would be the quarterfinals. And that quarterfinal matchup, of course, is the one where Crossfire really needed to do some damage. And even though they did Crossfire Redmond in a 2-2 draw through regulation extra time, it went to penalties and Crossfire Redmond advanced to the semifinals, but also clinched their spot in the U.S. Open Cup and advanced to the semifinals as they beat El Farolito. Actually, I should say they already clinched that quarterfinal spot, that spot in the, in the Open Cup going to reach the quarterfinals. Um, hosting Muskegon Risers, final of 3-0. A very, very solid match. And all you can say is, is that now... They are. They have advanced to the final, and this should be exciting. This should be a lot of fun. And uh, and once again, it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about talking about this club that has a big opportunity. Big, big opportunity for them to talk about, you know, getting to this moment. Getting to this big moment here, and hopefully the fans would love to hear from him. And hopefully, uh, you know, talk to everyone that is waiting for him to come on the show and talk about this big moment for Crossfire Redmond. Don't know how many times they have been able to get into a championship final in the MPSL. But once again, this is a big moment. This is a big deal. This is a big time thing for Crossfire and their fans. Hopefully a bunch of them were able to travel across the country to the East Coast to watch this happen in front of them, if not live, uh, in front of them, at least live, live uh, on the stream. So we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen. But, you know, like I've said before, this is a big moment for them. This is a big moment for their club. Big, big moment for Crossfire Redmond to come in and uh, we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. What will they will do and how they'll set up 
and we'll see what the situation will be. And um, we'll just have to wait and see uh, if he does call in to talk about the club and get ready to move forward. So, but it should be fun to see what they'll be able to do. We'll see what the situation will be. But once again, this is going to be an exciting time, exciting moment. We are definitely going to have a great final with these clubs coming in, and it should be a real doozy. It really should be. I love to see what these clubs can do. I'd love to see the the action that will be happening, but once again, uh, this is going to be huge. This is going to be exciting. And all you can see, basically, what is happening when you have a club like this getting ready to fight take on the personality of their head coach, go and attack the tactics, the formations, the players. This is going to be something exciting. This is going to be something great. I personally cannot wait for this. It's going to be awesome. So still waiting for head coach Bill Colello to... uh, call in and uh, talk with me about this championship final and uh, we'll have to wait and see what will happen hopefully if not then we'll just move on to our next guest and uh, we'll worry about that at another time but uh, definitely this like I said uh, I, I do enjoy the time with all these people who are part of this league, players, coaches, uh, general managers, owners. You try to keep up relations as much as possible with them because you want to show that you care about them, that working with them, and you just want to go out and, you know, just let them know, hey, listen, you know, I enjoy being with, you know, working with you, being a part of this league, feeling important that you're trying to do something spectacular here. And so far, it's been great. Yeah, there's been, you know, occasionally a little miscommunication here and there. But other than that, <coughs> it's been great to work with these people. excuse me, are great to work with and you really, really want to work with these people that help make the league grow and and help make the league better. So that's that's the whole point. And to improve on the NPSL is a wonderful thing. Um, excuse me. Um, uh, sorry about that. 
a bit of a dry spot. Hopefully, we'll have our Mr. Colello talk as we uh, talk about this championship final. That will be played tomorrow night. <clears throat> Excuse me, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. Streamed live on the MPSL website. This should be a lot of fun. This should be exciting. And I know I cannot wait. We're going to have ourselves a great time talking about this championship final and, you know, what the plans will be for the MPSL championship final and how this will happen. And once again, once again, we're going to have fireworks here in northern New Jersey. The last time, of course, was at Drew University in Madison, New Jersey. This time will be over at Montclair State University in Montclair, New Jersey. And for those of you curious to know why there, well, you know, that facility is shared with the New York Red Bulls of MLS for their Red Bulls 2 team that uh, will now move to MLS Pro Next League next year. Also, the New York Red Bulls using it as a temporary venue if Red Bull Arena is not available, or if they just choose to move an Open Cup match over there for the next round. So, when they want to host a, a home game, so that's why. But other than that, it's going to be a lot of fun, as I've said. Very good uh, facility. I've been there many, many times. It is a uh, solid facility to watch a match, whether it be Montclair State University's men's or women's team. And they are a Division Three powerhouse in the New Jersey Athletic Conference. I should know. I am a, uh, a former Ramapo College who uh, covered the men's team that did develop one professional soccer player in Nasha Kalanji, who did play for one season with the Metro Stars, now the New York Red Bulls. And uh, a fun time moving forward. And um, that, my friends, is why it's going to be a very solid night. So it looks like Mr. Colella will not be available to join us tonight, and that's quite all right probably busy right now uh, forming uh, a game plan for tomorrow night. We'll see what happens. But tonight, joining me right now is the general manager of that other club that will be hosting this event, and that is Mr. Gregory Irwin, general manager of FC Motown, joining me right now. Gregory, good evening, and how are you? And are you there, sir? Hmm. Gregory, can you hear me? Hello? Gregory? Hello? Um, call back if you can. Because at this moment in time, I cannot hear you. 
So if you want to call back, please do. If you can hear me. Yeah, we're going to call you back. Let me try and call you back. Oh. Well, let's see here. Maybe that was not uh, Mr. Irvin. Here we go. Yep. And maybe we have him on right now. Is Gregory Irvin. Are you Irwin? Excuse me. Gregory Irwin, are you there? Yep, I'm here. Wonderful. Welcome. This is Gregory Irwin, general manager of FC Motown, talking to us tonight on the NPSL Soccer Championship Final. Gregory, this is going to be your second opportunity for your club, not only to host this final, but to uh, attempt a championship uh, trophy, unlike what happened several years ago against Miami. Yeah. Um, you know, first, thanks for having me. Um, you know, congrats to, to Crossfire on an amazing season, Coach Bill. Uh, you know, we're excited for the game coming up, and congrats to, to Tulsa Athletic and, and Muskegon on, on, on amazing seasons. Um, you know, we're really, we're really excited and fortunate to be in this position. Exactly. Uh, and I have to say that um, – to see the changes that were made in the middle of the year for FC Motown going from Sachi Hot to Gideon Ba, who came in as a player, but now forced into a player coaching role, how was that transition uh, seamless for you? You know, um, I think what's, what's really great about the club is that it's it's really a family atmosphere and, you know, everyone welcomes each other in, whether it's a new player, whether it's a new coach, um, you know, so I think the transition, you know, w- was a bit seamless, obviously, um, you know, we had, we were lucky to have a lot of success in the open cup and, you know, that's kind of, that's gone on into the, into the regular season and not deep into the postseason. Um, Gideon is a great guy. He, he leads a great staff. Um, it's, you know, all, all in all, it's, it's great to be around these individuals and then their ability to be great leaders, um, in conjunction with the players. It's, it's really a great atmosphere. That's great to hear. And obviously, um, if you'll just excuse me for just one moment, please. If I can just, um, go into your schedule, <coughs> excuse me. If I can just go into your schedule, which which match has been the the toughest out of all of them uh, in this playoff run that you guys have had uh, moving towards um, moving towards this championship run that you're gonna have here um, on Saturday. You know, I think every game has had its own little obstacles, right? Whether it was having to be in the PK shootout to win the conference, um, playing a very encouraged New York Soccer team in the in the, in the regional semifinal, um, a really you know a, a, a team in, in Appalachia that 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 had a really good base, and then if, you know the the logistical challenges dealing with uh, having to travel out to Tulsa, guys taking off work. Um, you know, mixing around flights, house, 
hotel accommodations, transportation. Um, every game has, has kind of had its own, you know, unique challenge. Um, and then even this one, you know, we're, we're right in our own backyard. This has its own unique challenge, being that it's a, it's a national final and that there's, there's no game after this one. Um, it's, you know, I, I tell the players and I tell the staff, you know, we only get so many opportunities to express um, ourselves, express our abilities, um, to show how good we are. And, you know, and this is the last time this group gets to do it together. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're excited for this, for this championship game and, you know, Crossfire completely deserves to be in this position. Um, we're, we're, we're really lucky to be able to be playing an opponent like that. No, absolutely. I mean, they've reached, um, you know, this level for the very first time they've had their, uh, own run as well. And this is going to be a very interesting matchup uh, for you guys. The, it wasn't mean for you to see all this talent that you that you've developed here in the northern New Jersey area for them to go out and to reach this this level once again uh, between so many years since the last time you hosted this final. Yeah, I think amateur amateur soccer is is such an untapped you know potential, such an untapped market. And amateur soccer in this part of the country, it doesn't get any better. Um, in the New Jersey, New York City area, it, it, it has, you know, players that without question could still be playing in the professional game. And, you know, for numerous amounts of reasons, they're not. And, you know, the club is, is based out of where, where soccer came to the country. You know, right here in, in this area is, is where the sport came. The sport's grown tremendously. And everyone, I think, around the nation knows this is, this is the hotbed. This is where... You know, people live for it. This is where you see people playing on courts, um, playing on small turf fields. You know, I think people live and breathe it. And we're just really excited to be able to express that um, at the amateur level to, to the entire country. It really is. And, uh, you know, they get this opportunity now to watch you guys play, to watch, of course, Crossfire play on a stream live. When you want to... Obviously, you have the ears of everyone in the northern New Jersey area, maybe even central Jersey. But if you want someone to follow FC Motown from other parts of the country through these game streams, what would you say to them about your club would, in this championship final? You know, I, I would tell them, and, and this has been, you know, a huge, huge point of every everything I try and describe about our club. Our, our team is a microcosm of, of our area. We have guys from every walk of life working in any job you can think of from different backgrounds all over the world, players who played at, you know, professional levels in the States, overseas. And then we also have guys who, you know, played at a small school and, and are, I just felt passionate about the game. And, and all those different pieces together are expressed um, in the camaraderie this team has, in the, in the style of play. I, I think it's completely indicative of having a very diverse, eclectic group from, you know, a numerous, numerous amount of backgrounds. And, and that's the best expression that I think people can gravitate towards. And I really think uh, what they're going to see, uh, in my opinion, is a team that is hungry, that this is a team that is going to be exciting and, uh, uh, you know, just to see what is going to happen here. Uh, 
with this club and you know it, it's just been wonderful to watch how FC Motown has captivated uh, this this area and of course the big run you had in the Open Cup obviously it ended early but to be the the club that was basically going the furthest below the professional level divisions to reach that uh, uh, to reach that big prize from U.S. Soccer that must have been a big thing for you guys. Yeah, you know it's like I talked about I mentioned a few minutes ago opportunities right we only get so many opportunities to express ourselves um, you know we have guys who. I, you know, are really they, they really love being together, and you know the ability, whether it was in the open cover run, whether it was in this in this run, um, to get those experiences like traveling, like playing in a big, you know, a, a pro league, a league pro league grade stadium, to have exposure to media attention. These are the types of things that these guys were able to enjoy, whether it was in their college years or whether whether in their professional years, and and to be able to have it while you know maybe. While, while soccer isn't, you know, the forefront of everyone's minds and, and, and their specific lives anymore, it's a great, it's a great opportunity. And for, for the boys, it's, you know, it's a testament to how much hard work they've put in and they get to enjoy this experience or these types of um, moments again. Yep. Yep. And that's why I'm happy to have you on the show. I'm um, happy to discuss with you about this. And uh, just to, you know, see what you guys have done and to see what you guys are able to do to play in a conference at the same time, not just to get, excuse me for a moment, <clears throat> not just to play in a, you know, to get great players, but to play in a conference that you guys are really, really involved with and are really, really combative against because, my goodness, out, not just Motown, two, four, six, eight, ten other clubs you got to fight against just so you can get to this position all night long. I mean, you got to take on Jackson Lions, Atlantic City FC, FC Monmouth, some of the local New Jersey teams, and of course the other clubs coming from Pennsylvania. How difficult is this Keystone Conference, and how is it? that you're able to come out on top most of the time. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it takes nothing away from any of the other clubs in, in our group. I, I think the Keystone Conference is the strongest in the country. I think this area of the country has the best quality of soccer in the country um, across any level, whether you're talking about youth, youth level, you're talking about higher level academy, um, and then obviously in the professional oh. level, people just uh-huh. breathe, breathe this game here. And how are we able to find success year in and year out? I think our ownership group, um, you know, lays the foundation for, you know, how involved they want to be and how much, you know, they pour their blood, sweat, and tears into this. And then our players feel that. And our players say, you know, this, the, the front office staff, ownership, technical staff, you know, they're, they want this to this level and we have to meet that. And I think it, 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 it comes from both sides. Um, and that's, and that's the best way I can describe it. The, the other piece is just the family atmosphere. Everyone 
it's just so happy to be around each other and, and we build and, and we build off that so well. Yeah, I mean, I remember um I think the first time uh that I remember that that shield of yours uh I believe you were somewhere else in New Jersey near Bridgewater, New Jersey I think it was and uh someone that played for the for for the club. I forget their name, but he wore the t-shirt of that shield at my local supermarket in Parsippany. And we had a conversation and it was really cool. And then finding out how then you all moved over to Morristown on a permanent basis. Mm-hmm. And now look at you right now. You've been, you know, one of the top clubs, not just in the region that you've been in, in your conference, but I think one of the, I believe one of the top clubs in all of the MPSL, along with other clubs that I know of. I mean, you know, I mean, I would say you, Denton Diablos, uh, are one of the two clubs that I would say are one of the big national clubs um, that are very solid and strong going out there, getting the best talent within your areas. Right, so would you agree with that? You know, I, I would say I think our, our the story of our club is, is what grassroots proper football is all about, right? You, you take a team that started as a co-ed, a co-ed league team 10 years ago, and gradually they moved up the pyramid of, of amateur soccer. I think in other parts of the world, you, you have the potential to, you know, be completely a grassroots organization and be able to be in, in, in the first division professional league. And, you know, our, our process has, has pushed forward. I think people really can, can gravitate towards, and we're going to have a nice alumni base um, there tomorrow that have been there for every step of the process. Um, again, from the No Idea Sports League of, of 2012 to getting into the, the Garden State League years ago, then making the jump into to NPSL and the run to the Open Cup. This is, you know, this is what grassroots grassroots sport is, is supposed to be, the ability to start an idea and, and have something that reaches the national stage. It, it's, it's what makes the game beautiful. It really does. It's really spectacular uh, to see what's going to happen and uh, to get this up, the second chance uh, to get this moment for FC Motown to hopefully hoist that that trophy to become league champions of the NPSL. Uh, so, what in your mind do you think you're going to get from your players, including player head coach Gideon Ba, in this? final what are you expecting and what are you also expecting from crossfire to give you a problem depending if there will be one you know i think both teams are going to give it everything this is like i talked about there's there's no npsl game next week there's no game on on monday there's no game on tuesday this is the season ends tomorrow um so i expect both teams to give everything you know crossfire um as as hit the gauntlet of travel after travel after travel and, and they deserve to be here and there's no question about it and you know having the chance to, to, to say hi to their coach today see them uh training today as, as we were setting up for the national final they they're hungry and, and they're motivated and you know we're just so excited to be in this opportunity to be with a team that's this hungry and motivated and, and i expect our guys to to be the, to do the same and to leave it all out on the field tomorrow that's great to hear, and you know what? Good luck with the final. Congratulations on reaching the final again, 
And I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what you guys are going to do on Saturday night, tomorrow night, um, in the NPSL Championship Final. So, Gregory, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. And yep. good luck tomorrow night thank with FC you. Motown. Thank you so much. I really appreciate thank you. it. Um, yep, I, I thank you all the best. Thank you. You have a good night. Uh, once again, general manager of FC Motown, uh, which is Morristown, New Jersey, uh, Mr. Gregory Irwin, uh, talking to us tonight about the final. Now, my next guest, of course, you all know this man. I know this man. This is the one of the best owners of the league, uh, always coming on the show to give us his time to talk about his club all the way in the state of Oklahoma from Tulsa Athletic. One of the co-owner of that club, Sonny D'Alessandro. Sonny, good evening. Welcome back. It's great to have you back on the show. How are you, sir? David, I am well. You got me offline from the restaurant, so that is always a bonus. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me on. Let's talk some soccer. Well, what are the daily specials at the restaurant? I'd like to know. Yeah, egg par- a little egg parm tonight, a little tapenade this evening. Nothing crazy, nothing crazy. When your family ah. recipes, when you have like 13 family recipes, the, the daily specials are a little limited. But, yeah, the, 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 uh, the line looks good. The, the, the first dinner service was, was excellent. So happy to break away and chat a little bit of footy with you real quick. Absolutely. And when we're done, I want you to grab dessert as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> first things first, <laughs> it better be good. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, another solid season for your club. And once again, you reach the quarterfinals in the playoffs. You've qualified again for the U.S. Open Cup. What is that feeling like every time Tulsa gets that opportunity to be on the the national stage of soccer when you get to that big tournament. Well, we're actually on our way to Muskegon right now for the third place game. It's a little known secret game that a lot of owners don't know about. But, um, yeah, we got the boys loaded up in about six minivans. We're going up to Muskegon for the uh, the mystery third place match right now. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, It's good, you know. I mean, from – from top to bottom, from the guys on the field to the technical staff to the volunteers, to the fans, our general manager, to Doc and I, uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me how hard everyone is willing to work to get a result. Um, no one in the in that list I, I just mentioned to you in any way let anybody down. Um, you know, I think we were really, really unlucky not to make the final this year. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, but making the final four for uh, or a national semifinal for two years in a row. I, I mean, I actually think we were closer, no offense to Crossfire, but I think Motown wins tomorrow. So if I'm going to spill my pick early early on, we yeah. certainly want them to, to win because they, they knocked us out of the playoffs. But if they're able to, I think we will be able to say, hey, we were probably closer to winning it in 22 than we were in 21, which is, you know, that's two great seasons. Um, like I said, it's nice to see the fruits of everyone's labor sort of crump come to fruition and us to make these deep playoff runs and 
be able to be South region champions two years in a row. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, that was pretty much a very solid opportunity for Tulsa athletic, especially in the playoffs and tough loss, obviously. But at the end of the day, how proud are you of your coaching staff, especially your head coach in Levi Coleman, his group is, is, um, coaching team of Peterson Costa, Brett Cromwell, Simon Rodriguez, Raymond uh, Sari. You know, what have they done to give you the confidence that they can do this again every single season to get you on a big run? Well, I mean, Levi and Ray both played the game, you know, at a professional level. Um, Levi obviously was national coach of the year last year. Um, and, the addition of Ray Sari this year, who just finished his professional career, uh, was immense for us. You know, at this level, coaches can get spread a little bit thin. You know, who's putting the, the, the training plan together? Who's laying the cones out? Who's breaking down our opponent? Who's filming us? Who's breaking us down? This and that. So we when we were able to bring on Ray, that really leveled us up in what we were able to deliver to our guys in – just what to expect for what's coming in and what we want to do to be to sort of shift the tables in our favor to, to win matches. So, um, I, you know, I don't want to say we were the most prepared team in the league, but we had to have been, I mean, it could only be a tie because you could only prepare a group of, of players at this level as well as our guys did. So they, they were tremendous. And like I said, um, I think it's, I think it comes down to a few uh, a few little tiny things in a semifinal, a couple of little mischances here. And um, I don't want to say a referee decision, but I think there was a guy from Motown that was kind of looking to get sent off, uh, took a pound of flesh. Referee had warned him a few times, and they leave him on the field. Of course, he goes on to score the equalizing goal, and that's just how soccer is sometimes. So, um, you know, another day he gets sent off, and we cruise the last seven minutes, and – I get interviewed second on the show rather than third. So, um, yeah, Ray and Levi are second to none in our opinion. They're welcome to keep their positions here with the club as as long as they as long as they want, and uh, we're uh, spoiled to have them here. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, you know, this big run you had against. Uh, in this in this playoffs, I mean, uh, a big big victory over Oklahoma City, eighteen eighty nine five one, big penalty kick shootout over Laredo Heat. That was probably uh, a lot of twitchy bum time when you get to that PK shootout, especially against a solid team like Laredo Heat uh, is. And then you go and ho- uh, face off uh, down in Florida against Jacksonville Armada till you get to that semifinal against uh, FC Motown, but you know, this had to be probably the best moment for you and everyone else. What this, this year, this run. Yep. This run. Oh, I mean, you know, I, I, it's hard to say last year, making the, making the final, we went to penalty kicks in the first round line. The two years were kind of interesting. Like we went to, penalty kicks in the conference semifinals last year and this year. And it wasn't necessarily a slow start. I just think the Heartland Conference has gotten exponentially better over time. Um, and then, you know, with Oklahoma City, we, we I don't want to say we had their number, but that, 
I think they would be in agreement that we matched up really well against them this year. And Laredo, you know, from their days in the PDL, they were national champions there. They've been, they've been in the Open Cup and reached, gosh, I think the fourth or fifth round where they played the Houston Dynamo one year. So we knew coming into that game that between the two clubs, there was 30 years of experience doing this at this level. So um, not a lot separated the two teams in that game. We, we have a really good goalkeeper. Uh, so when it went to penalties, it was kind of like, all right, who do we have next round? <laughs> um, so, yeah, when we went to penalties, Bryson Reed was, was, was huge for us. So, um, yeah, obviously going on runs like this are, are great. And the deeper you go, the more painful the wound. But, you know, we kind of like to say if we're going to get our heart broken around here, let's have it be the biggest, deepest heartbreak it can be because that just meant we were closest to closer to lifting the cup at the end of the year. With the amount of clubs in the Oklahoma State region, and I want to say region because we all know there's Tulsa FC and USL Championship. There's your club. How rich talent is there? Not just, I guess, in Tulsa, but you would say maybe statewide in Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's one of those little sleeper states, you know, where I think when we had the old NASL Tulsa Roughnecks from like 77 to 84 or 85, what it did was you had some coach or some players that stayed behind to live in Tulsa that started clubs and kids were taught how to play the game the right way from an early age. Now those kids have gone on to either play professionally, play the Division One level or just you know, had a career out of it or learned the game in more depth. So it's Tulsa and Oklahoma are one of those pockets where the game was brought here in a really quirky circumstance in the late seventies and um, planted these roots. And from those roots uh, it's given people the opportunity and the ability to um, excel here. So, and you do you see little states like this that have those leftover NASL guys from back in the day that started that you know stayed there and just started things and um, I think that you can credit a lot of it not all of it certainly but a lot of it historically tracks to that that moment in time of of us having been awarded an NASL team way back in the day. Yeah, no, I understand definitely where you're coming from and and how everything has been going on so far. And, you know, obviously those original NASL days were awesome. And to see uh, that, you know, you, you, you say, you know, your, your conference right now, uh, the Heartland Conference, yeah. yourself, six other clubs. I mean, how big of a battle is it when you're taking on Arkansas Wolves, Club Atletico St. Louis, Demise, uh, the Oklahoma City Club right now, Rain, uh, Sunflower State. I, I mean, to me, it, from listening to you, it sounds like it's a whooping every night. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you ha I have to give credit to all the other owners in the conference. I, I mean, to put it into context, we beat Rain, who I think finished on five points this year, right? Struggled tough season mm -hmm. we beat them two to one we beat them two to one in one of our last games of the season and it was tied late into the second half so uh, in terms of parity 
when the team at the bottom of the table is – and that, it was at our place, too. So when the team at the bottom of the table is pressing the team at the top of the table, you know there's a lot of parity. There's never a night off. It sort of lets your guys know, hey, look, we have to achieve a level of focus in order to be not only competitive in our conference, but if we're to move on, we know that there's not little five-minute patches of games where we can go missing. Like We have to go out and try every, every, every match to put 90 minutes together. Because some nights, 85 doesn't do it, you know? Um, and nothing can prepare you like that in the regular season. It's what all teams are guaranteed. No teams are guaranteed the playoffs. I mean, we were penalties away from losing in the first round. Our season could have ended that night. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to know that in those games going out, there are no layups. Um, you know, and the, the funny thing is the team we had the very most success against um, was the second place team. You know, they, they, they lost two games all year out of their 12. They were both to us. And, you know, it's just one of those quirky, weird things. But again, it comes down to that. You have to be prepared night in and night out for, um, for teams that, um, are looking to make the playoffs, uh, looking to, to, at what we did the previous season and want to fashion their season to, to mirror that and, Look at the end of the day, we've been doing this ten years. We've had some some success. We've we've played in four regional finals, one national final, um, a national semifinal, and I think teams for, at, at the conference level, uh, when they see us on the schedule, the guys get for it. And it's it's difficult, but at the same time, it's what we want. We want to take everyone's best shot night in and night out uh, because one, it's a show of respect, but two. You're gonna, if you're going to amount to anything as a player, you have to learn to play with that target on your back, to know that the expectation is high when you play for a, a good side. So we're proud to be a good side, and um, it's a humbling thing to know that other teams really like to gear up when they, when they play us. It, it helps, like I said, it helps prepare us for the, the postseason as well. It really does. Sonny, listen, thank you very much uh, for coming on again. Love, love having you on. And um, one day, I'm coming to the restaurant. I'm going to fly over to Tulsa, and I want the best table and the best food of Tulsa, Oklahoma, period. So uh, (laughs) thank you again, as always, for coming on the show, and I'll talk to you again soon. All right? Thanks, David. Take care. Have a nice weekend. I will. You too. Co-owner of Tulsa Athletic, Sonny D'Alessandro, D'Alessandro's Restaurant, I can't. I want to go and check it out and see what's going to happen. Also, let everyone know, uh, head coach of Crossfire Redmond, uh, Bill Colello, will be joining us after I talk with this gentleman here tonight from the Muskegon Rises. Joining me right now is Mr. Matt Schmidt. And as soon as I hit the button, there he is. Matt, good evening, and how are you? Daniel, I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Please talk about this season. I mean, obviously for Muskegon, um, made a nice deep run in the playoffs. Unfortunately, that semifinal uh, against Crossfire, uh, unfortunately derailed your plans and your hopes uh, to get to that championship final. Of course, as always, next season. But still, though, uh, for me, it sounds like you guys had a great year this year, and hopefully you'll be able to repeat it in 2023. Yeah, it was our goals were to, to win a national championship and earn an, an open cup bid. 
Uh, we've been um, building for this will be our ninth year of operation and strategically different things to be competitive at a, uh, a local, then a, a regional, and finally to the level. Um, anytime you start a brand new team, business, organization that has a name to it, uh, it takes time to build uh, build it up. Um, but at the same time, it's ultimately down to the people. And we uh, have really gravitated um, and recruited uh, top-level people to understand what it takes to, to do things the right way in championships. Um, you know, because there's no point in doing things unless we're going to be the best at it, and it's it's enjoyable to play in and compete in uh, a national league that, like the NPS, where uh, you have a, a, a chance to compete for a national championship and be considered the best at what you do in the country. Um, it's been a successful year for our club. Um, we would have started really the 2021 to campaign in November with our with our arena season. We play um, in the major arena soccer league's official development league called the M2 uh, and actually finished in the national semifinals um, in that league as well. We, we lost by a goal to, to Cleveland, who is a similar side to who we played in the Midwest regional final in the NPSL. So um, you know, it's not a surprise to us internally. Um, we've obviously to be competitive at this level, and uh, now it's about being consistent. So that's going to be the next challenge for us is going from being consistent and going from good to great. No, absolutely. And, you know, when you reach that that big victory over uh, Duluth FC, and, you know, Duluth is no slouch um, at all. They've been in the Open Cup in the past. And, of course, winning that match pushed you into the quarterfinals. That gave you your birth into the Open Cup. Uh, what was that like for you and your uh, your club, uh, front office people, players, you know, finally getting an opportunity to be recognized uh, throughout the entire nation in the top tournament in club soccer in the United States? Yeah, it's, it's definitely rewarding. It's, it's the outcome that we put in the work day in and day out to, to see. So it, it's obviously it's validating um, and rewarding to know that what you're doing day in and day out uh, is going to get the results necessary to compete at that level. Um, we, we've been blessed to have head coach Stuart Collins have, um, he has a perspective winning a national championship at Davenport university. Um, myself personally playing, uh, you know, in college at a high level and seeing what, what championship teams should look like, uh, not just setting goals, but actually what it takes day in and day out to achieve those goals. Um, and then Stu did a great job recruiting players to match the culture that uh, he was looking to implement in terms of winning, winning championships. So ultimately it comes down to uh, you know, credit to the staff behind the scenes for creating a, a foundation to put you know, our people in position to be successful, and then those people, coaches and players, maximizing that opportunity. Um, so the players work their tails off every single day to get better, whether it was watching film or in training, um, you know, to make sure that they uh, they, they maximize that opportunity. And um, So, yeah, the formula is there. The process is there. We obviously we, we didn't um, 
achieve our goal of winning a national championship. So there's, you know, there's things that we still have to tweak. Um, it's sort of a down week for us. Um, you know, time and space, players moving, some moving back into their, um, you know, their college programs and transitions from one season to the next. But we will pretty straightforward internal discussions about uh, what was good. Um, but obviously, it wasn't perfect. We didn't achieve one of our two goals, and what, what do we need to do to, to be better? So um, that's always, uh, I think, when you lose the motivation and the, the inspiration to prepare, um, your championships are won in the off season. Uh, preparation is critical. Championship preparation, attention to detail, winning those details, um, that's critical. So um, now is the time where we can step back and. Uh, and start competing for a national championship uh, next year in, in both of the leagues that we compete in uh, with our men's teams. What's it like in Michigan? I mean, obviously, you know, there's we all know Michigan is more about hockey, more about college football. Uh, but tell us, you know, what is the level of players? in the state of Michigan, maybe, you know, with Detroit City's uh, popularity, of course, doing so well throughout the years. Uh, what is it about the state of Michigan that can produce and develop uh, professional or at least uh, talented soccer players within that state? Yeah, I mean, Michigan is a soccer state. Um, you know, over 10 years ago, I played at U of M. We went to the Final Four, um, lost to Caleb Porter's Akron team at the time, 2-1. to one. Michigan State has gone to the Final Four as well. Um, you know, obviously playing in the Big Ten, which is a a national powerhouse in soccer. Um, you know, I, I would say in terms of soccer colleges, um, colleges that field men's teams, it's, it's extremely concentrated here. We've got what four Division One schools that I can think of, of off the top of my head with Western Michigan, Michigan State, University of Michigan, Oakland University, uh, Detroit Mercy is another one. Um, you know, and then you start filtering into Division II, NAIA, Division III, and there are a lot of uh, very prominent soccer schools um, that are well-established here in the state of Michigan, and I can list off. Professionals, guys that I played with, like Sudi Saad, Justin Narum, Eric Alexander, uh, who are, you know, and have played at, at the highest levels in, in America. So, um, you know, I would say you know, Michigan, in terms of soccer, is, is just as popular, competitive as, as, as some of the other sports. I think maybe the mid-90s, it was just getting to that point. But I think now we're, you know, we're really seeing, um, you know, soccer take off. Uh, and you're noticing it not only from the, you know, the, the semi-professional teams, but college programs, and then the players that are being produced from the state as a result, and they're being competitive professionally and uh, and nationally in their their various uh, leagues. Yep, absolutely. And you know, I can't wait to see what Muskegon is going to do next year. Uh, moving forward, what are what is the risers and what does it mean? Uh, is it something with the do with the sun or is it uh, a, a water thing by some of the Great Lakes in Michigan? What 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 does risers mean? If I can ask. Yeah, so that was actually inspired by a statue in downtown Muskegon called Muskegon. It's a guy 
Together Rising. And that statue was actually inspired by a poem uh, written in the Lumber Era, which would have been uh, kind of the um, the primary industry that helped shape the infrastructure of Muskegon today. So um, in the late 1800s, lumber, uh, lumbering was really prominent. Um, at one point, Muskegon had the most millionaires per capita um, of any city in the country. Um, a lot of the, the lumber here helped to rebuild Chicago after the Chicago fire. Um, so there is uh, there's a rich history and tradition uh, of people investing in the community, and out of that came, you know, came some poetry, came some artwork, which inspired um, a statue right at the heart of downtown Muskegon that was put in place to help um, promote the spirit of revitalization that was happening in the community. So a riser, um, as it relates to, to our community, is somebody who uh, challenges themselves and other people to, to make the most of, of their neighborhood, of their, of their city, of their community. Um, you know, they're not just going to sit back and, and let things fall apart. They're taking it upon themselves to be leaders and, and inspire a positive impact on their community. So we, um, we essentially that spirit of revitalization in the form of a soccer team. And, um, you know, our attitude is that a riser isn't just a player that's on the field. It's the people in the stands. It's, um, the people internationally even who, who, um, resonate and connect with, with that purpose of you know, just taking it upon yourself to make the world a better place. And our, obviously our creative medium with that are the way that we, um, that we drive that initiative is through is through the game of soccer. So you get most of your players from the Muskegon area, or do you also get them uh, from Michigan, Michigan State, Western Michigan, or any of the universities from around the state to come to Muskegon to play uh, for your club? How does that work, or is it also the local kids or the local high school kids that get an opportunity to play with some of the big clubs uh, within that state, within that uh, area of Muskegon? So our mindset is to put the best team together with the best available people. Um, and what that looks like, uh, we're not going to be prejudicial against somebody if they're you know, from halfway around the world or if they're right in our backyard, we're not going to give them preferential treatment. Um, it's all about putting the absolute best team together based on who is available and the vision really that our head coach has for the system that he wants to play. And you know, obviously there's not a, an infinite uh, budget um, set of resources. So we, you know, we sit down and map things out before the season and, in a way we go, and that this past season has resulted in players from Kosovo, uh, Australia, Ireland, England, um, South Africa, Brazil. Um, and there's a variety of international and domestic talent that um, we recruited into the, the west side of the state of Michigan here to put, again, the best available product together, um, but at the same time... Um, couple of local guys as well, a guy named T.J. Ifitarati and Giuseppe Baroni um, stepped in and um, it was a, an MLS draft pick a year back, played at Michigan State. Um, so again, it's first and foremost about just putting the, the best possible team together on the field and committing to the values of you know, working hard, working smart, 
working with purpose. And, um, you know, if you're from our area and you can do the job, great. If not, that's great, too. We're, we're not really looking at, you know, where somebody is from. We want to we wanna, um, reward those who are good at what they do. Um, and are going to reflect the values of the organization, that commitment to excellence at the highest possible level. We may see, um, you know, I, I would expect that to, to um, pay dividends down the road as, you know, kids come out and see the level of play and understand, you know, kind of get a reality, reality check in person about what it actually takes to play at that level. And you know, very complimentary with these qualities area we're not interested in, in getting into the youth our role and how we fit into this ecosystem is to provide that um, the highest level possible to then inspire and empower and empower youth players and coaches in the to you know to come out watch games um, or seek one-on-one -on -one consulting you know outside of those 90 minutes as well so that's uh it's a short-term mindset in terms of one season to the next, putting the best possible team together, uh, but we are not ignorant of the, the long-term benefits of that here locally on the soccer culture. Yep, and I agree with you there, and uh, it's been absolutely wonderful to see what you've been able to do and get uh, those players out of Michigan to come to uh, Muskegon to uh, be a part of this uh, wonderful thing. And all I can say is, is that I hope you keep on getting those great players to uh, join your club and uh, really go out there and try and get to that national championship the next time you're able to listen. Uh, Matt, thank you so much, Matt, for your time. Uh, good luck for next year. Uh, congratulations on a solid season, and uh, hope everything goes well for 2023. Thank you again. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. Great, great job. We appreciate what you do. Thank you. Uh, once again, that's Matt Schmidt from the Muskegon Risers uh, coming in here to uh, talk about their season and moving on. Now, finally joining me after he can't believe his team actually is in the championship final. The head coach of Crossfire Redmond. <laughs> I'm on here. The head coach. You are on here. Finally. No, I, 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 I like that. There we go. Fun. It's okay. Uh, Bill Colello, uh, the head coach of Crossfire Redmond, uh, now joins me to talk about his club. First things first, congratulations on reaching the championship final. This must have been uh, probably your best season running uh, the club, managing the club, getting to this point of, uh, of the club's existence in the NPSL? Uh, yeah, my, my one and only season. So, yeah, it worked, worked out perfect. That it's, This is a pretty good one. So, dare I even ask, was there any voodoo available here for you? Did you make a deal with the devil? What happened? No, I'm only kidding about that part. But seriously, how proud are you of your players that, and, and your coaching staff that has actually gotten your side into this big-time championship final? Yeah, I'm, I'm super, super proud of the, of the guys. And, 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 I mean, we're a little bit unique in comparison to some of the other bigger clubs. Um, I mean, we don't, we've, we've never had the same roster twice in a row. So 
we only played with one starting line. This will be the first time that we get a repeat starting lineup. So it's it's been it's been a long road to hoe with these guys, and we have a lot of college guys. And the college guys, some of the college guys went on a, a European trip during the middle of the year, so we lost them for five games, and so that was tough. And I, you know, as a whole, the club Crossfire's club is just that kind of club. Next next guy up, and they grind, and it's just it starts with the boss Bernie James, and it's been a it's it's a it's a great group of kids for sure. Oh, I bet it is, and you know, it's just wonderful to see how uh, you know your players have been able to get to this level. Now, as soon as the playoffs were getting underway, you already played international Portland Select uh, in a nil-nil draw to finish up the regular season. You play them again uh, to start the playoffs, same place, Strasser Field, and this time you edged them three to two, and that seemed like a really, really tough match to move forward before you took on FC Arizona and you blitzed them four-nil. Yeah, the Portland team is a good team. They're they're actually a very good team. They have a lot of older guys. They're they're a little bit more they're a little bit more similar to kind of the teams that we played um in different in some of the different areas that aren't all college guys. So they 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 only had a couple of college guys. They most of them are older. So they're a very good team. They were organized um and then the Arizona team who was a pretty good team too. They just that's the first game that I had everybody every single player at my disposal. So that was that's why that game looks like that. Um Yeah. I, and then mm-hmm. then you go on to the El Farlito, right? And Farlito is they were I mean they were really good. They were like I said, much more they had a lot more of ex pros and they were older and um so they were I mean they were another good side. But I mean the the teams like I said, the team the team has been fantastic and there there's a lot of guys on here that have had a lot of success as youth players and all that all that going and and it's a good mixture of a few older guys and mostly young guys so it's been great Mm -hmm. oh i bet it has been and that's a big quarterfinal matchup and then of course the big semifinal um where you're on the road against mckeon risers and you just basically handles your business three nil going into that one uh, in the semifinals and that Obviously, it's a longer distance here than it is going to uh, – it's three-quarters of the way, obviously, if you go to Michigan. But still, though, to travel to Muskegon and to get a result like that on the road in the playoffs, that must really say something about how your players were prepared. Uh, they didn't take it for granted. They went out there, and they followed your championship final. Yeah, are you still there? Can you hear me? I'm here. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it, yeah, they I mean, look, the Risers team is a good team. That's another game where I had every single player um at my disposal so that it's it's a significant difference in talent when everybody's there. Um and I and and they were <clears throat> it was, you know, the the travel part of it was very difficult, so flying to Chicago and drive drive to Grand Rapids. I don't know what that is. It's like three and a half and you go to Grand Rapids and then it's an hour away from there. So, I mean, it's, it's long travel days, but these guys are pretty battle hardened in terms of how that works. And so I, I would commend them. I, I, I know you said, I think I heard you say something about they followed my plan. <laughs> I, I wish it was that. I wish that was true. I think that, you know, I put them in the shape <laughs> and tell them to get out there and go do it. And they're, they're, they're pretty good on the field. So 
a lot of those UW guys that I have, I, you know, they were obviously in the national championship of the college, you know, this last year. And so it's, they're, they're just, they just have a lot of experience. No, that's Soto. great to hear. I mean, you know, no, oh, absolutely. No, I think that's a great, that's a great thing. I mean, if you get to the college cup final and you got to play those two big uh, semis in the final, if you're able to, or at least be on the run, um, uh, is are they like in division? It's the Division One league, uh, the Division One college uh, teams, correct? Correct. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So I mean, if you're taking finals. on the big boys, no, absolutely. I mean, if, look, if you're going to be taking on those, some of those big boys in Division One uh, college cup tournament, I mean, you know, you're you're going to gain great experience, and that moves ahead into the MPSL playoffs, and I think that's just a wonderful thing. Now, obviously. Defeating FC Arizona moved into the quarterfinals of the playoffs this year, and that gave you your Open Cup berth for 2023. When you found out that was the case, that next season you're in the mix now, you'll be involved in the opening first-round draw to see who you might face off against. Well, obviously that won't be until we get to 2023, but, you know, the prospects of being in the Open Cup, what did that mean for you and your players? Oh, I think the guys were over the moon that we that we qualified. It was a big deal for us. It was one of our small goals, right? For you know, in in our mm-hmm. in our quest to get the big goal, but it was it, it was it's great. And I mean, you know, Crossfire is a club that's that's been around for a really long time. So there's a tremendous amount of players that still are around the area. So I mean, I probably had. 30 or 40 phone calls about guys that want to, Hey, well, I want to be on the open cup team. I want to, I want to see what's going on. So I think that's, that's kind of cool. And I, and these guys, you know, most of these guys, because like I said, my, most of my team is younger. Um, they'll miss those first cup ties because they'll be in the middle of their spring seasons, which is a bummer. That's yeah. a bummer. If you have any influence, I want you to change that and get that made like a, like a like the old Olympic development thing, so they can do both college and that in the Open Cup tournament. But but there's right now there's no way for them to do both, so they got to wait. They got to wait uh, until they can get out of their spring season, which probably is until May. Which means, I mean, I'm ho- I hope we're winning still then, right? But that's 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 going to be all yep. with for the first three games, right? The first three games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, maybe. I'll try to call in the witch doctor as much as I can. I'll try and call in the witch doctor as much as I can <laughs> yeah. to help you out yeah. here. Do that. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do that. I need that. No, I understand completely what you're saying. You know, you got some solid players on there that are going to still be in their college season and uh, or at least uh, will still be stuck in school, so we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I, I understand completely what you're saying. And, you know, you feel bad for some of those other teams, like especially in USL League 2, like Reading United, that – you know, we're always ready to go for the Open Cup, but ever since they made that change, like they're not able to play because they don't get their players until after the college season's over with. So, uh, or right. at least in, in spring, in, in in spring leagues, if there is any. But I understand where you're coming from. But we'll see what happens. But I hope you'll be able to, you know, uh, get a team together and go out and uh, have some fun. Um, have you been able to scout or at least gain some form of? Uh, scouting with FC Motown during this playoff run? What have you seen from them? What concerns you? What things you might be able to exploit? I mean, I'm not going to ask you for the whole uh, game plan, but, you know, what what have you noticed with FC Motown that uh, puts you in awe and also gives you concern? You know, I... This is going to sound probably arrogant, but, I, you know, I don't really... I've never really done that. I mean, in all the years that I was at Seattle U, I, I don't... 
I don't really I don't really do that. I, I do have do have I do get scouting stuff from guys that have been back here. So I have a former player that that played for them. So I know the style and I I know they're very good. I know I know they have you know a pretty good connection to the Red Bulls and so I know they have some guys like that. I I, I recognize names on the roster and but I don't I'm not a film guy. I didn't watch any film. I, we're gonna go out and we're gonna do our thing and we're gonna make adjustments during the game and that's kind of how we do it and it it works pretty well for us. So. We'll we'll see how it goes, but as far as like really putting in the scout, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, they got their all all eleven players that they'll start are going to be good. They're all fast, they're all athletic, they pass the ball probably way better than us. So I'm just hoping to kind of get after them a little bit and make it uncomfortable, and that's the that's the game plan. There you go. Nope. Listen, look, you do how you got to do it, and you find the way you do it while the game goes on. And I mean, sometimes that's even better than just scouting. Uh, you know, you watch what's going on in front of you, and then you, if you have to make the changes, you make the changes. I, I agree with right. you, and I think that's the, probably the best way to go. Uh, so we'll see uh, what happens on Saturday night, but uh, tomorrow night as well. But, you know, th- this w- – what's it like for you being here on the East Coast? Obviously, you have to fly all the way across uh, the country to get over here. What, what is it about the East Coast that you think uh, are either sim- similar or different when it comes to the players that you are bringing over to Crossfire to develop and to be part of this NPSL squad? That's a, that's a pretty good question. I, you know, I, I think that um, I, I would probably, I would probably say that they're the, one of the biggest differences from the clubs back here is just the diversity that them, the, they have so much more diversity. And so the different cultural soccer players. So I know they have, you know, Caribbean and, and, you know, Hispanic and, and, and all from all over the place. And we don't always have that out West in our areas. We definitely have some, but not, but not a bunch. And they just have so much more that I think sometimes that's, that's a big difference. And a, it's obviously, obviously the, the cultural soccer part is a big influence on teams, right? That's a, that can be a really big influence on teams. So I think that's, that's one thing. I think one thing that's similar is that they're, I mean, they they're a club that has aspirations to be good, right? And they 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 want to win games, and they want to they want to always put out a good product. And I think that that's that's always what you know these clubs that are in this late stages. That's what everybody wants, right? They're they're trying to do it correctly and trying to win games. So I, I think that's that's the similarity. And I, I guess the the only other thing that I would say is that from a from a perspective of like like professionalism. Um, they, they've done, I mean, so far so good, right? They've done a great job and all, you know, the, the facility is great and, uh, it looks like they have quite a class act of, of the, the people that kind of run the show. And so I, you know, they they've done, they've been great hosts. And so that's, that's sometimes a little bit different than some of the West coast teams, because a lot of those West coast teams, especially in the Pacific are more college bound kids. So you're, you're coming together you're finished in May and then you're putting together your next week, you're playing MPSL games. And so they're not all like this kind of organizationally. So I would say that's, that's the other significant difference. Yeah, I agree with you there. And we'll see what happens going forward. So listen, good luck tomorrow night. Hopefully you and uh, Motown will make it a match and uh, it should be a lot of fun being over at Montclair state University's soccer park over there. I've been there. Uh, you're going to enjoy the field. You're going to enjoy the atmosphere. It's really going to be awesome. And uh, like I said, good luck, and uh, let's see what happens on Saturday night. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Sorry I was late, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm super excited That's for the okay. game. So thanks. 
No problem at all. Let's see here. You're going to owe me dinner, dessert, drinks. And... No, I'm just kidding around. Don't do yeah. about that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That's how it works. No, no That's problem. That's how it works. Exactly. Thank you again, uh, Bill, and have a good night and good luck. Thanks, man. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Bill Colello, head coach of Crossfire Redmond, and that is the show. Once again, the match will be on MPSL.com, live streaming. It should be a lot of fun. It should be exciting. Once again, thanks to my guests. Gregory Irwin, head coach of G, head, uh, excuse me, GM of FC Motown. Sonny D'Alessandro, co-owner of Tulsa Athletic. Matt Schmidt of Muskegon Risers. And head coach of Crossfire Redmond, Bill Colello. My name's Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you for listening to me tonight. Join me on Monday night. Carter Krishnar will be joining me uh, for Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Have a good evening. Take care. So long. Bye-bye for now. This has been the 2022 MP soccer show here on the 40 scenes fire american soccer show have a good night everybody take care so long and enjoy your football